Takes podcast. As always, I am Jonah Hoffman. And I'm Ryan Rogers. Welcome back. And uh, good to be back, of course. We're doing our, you know, weekly, uh, week and a half, whatever you want to call it, the day, the the nine or ten day span we've had since the last episode. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, we're going to be talking a little Mariners, a little Seahawks, a little bit more Mariners than usual because they've been on a hot streak as of late. And it's been kind of a treat to see finally uh, them doing something in the baseball world. But uh, I think we'll start off by talking with uh, talking about the Seahawks today. Uh, and just uh, some recent news that happened. I mean, it's a little bit of old news, but Baker Mayfield going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, one of us was bummed a little bit. I'm, I mean, I'm over it now. It shows you how badly I wanted I him. was relieved. <laughs> but, I mean, I think from our last episode, that was pretty clear how each of us were going to feel about that. But the thing that stuck out to me about that was like, holy shit, they traded him for like a bag of chips that was half eaten. Yeah, like, that's what I think we could have done. 2024 fifth round conditional fifth rounder yeah that's literally like basically in our fantasy league giving away a 2025 fourth round pick yeah it's like useless basically <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i i mean i know he had a, a bad year but i i thought he would at least garter like a fourth in a 2023 or 2024 draft or something i don't know but um yeah, uh, he's at on the Panthers. He's now battling Sam Darnold. So the top two quarterbacks of the 2018 class are now battling for the Panthers starting job. Kind of interesting. Well, and uh, going away from Baker a little bit and going to a little bit of Jimmy G talk, something that I didn't consider that the 49ers are trying to do is they want to get rid of the 20... I forget how much Jimmy's going to be making, but they... Don't want they don't want to have to pay Jimmy so they can pay Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel and all this talk about the Seahawks potentially getting Jimmy G. The Seahawks would have to eat some of that Jimmy G money, which is way more than Baker Mayfield was making, and that would help the Niners be able to pay those guys to just keep sacking us and running all over us like Debo. So now that I think about it in that regard, I don't want Jimmy, and I hope he goes to Cleveland or wherever he. (laughs) plan on going because we don't want to help i hope he just stays there and just makes their situation more confusing because a i love playing jimmy g because i think he fucking sucks i've always thought jimmy g just is not good yeah um maybe i'm a bit lower on him than you are but i just i don't like the way he throws a football i don't even think he's that accurate at short passes and we all know what his deep ball accuracy is like so yeah uh zero interest in jimmy garoppolo it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with him though because you got to think with training camp coming up here and man like two weeks roughly something's got to give or he just ends up sticking around with the niners yeah i i guess i'm just a little surprised overall that we are sticking with the two quarterbacks that we have in the quarterback room just because i really don't have too much of confidence in either of them to win us more than a handful of games. I mean, I I think I think I was being a little bit of a homer a couple episodes when I predicted us winning eight games. Do I think that Gino or uh, Drew Lockett are, is going to beat Tom Brady in Germany? No, 
Uh, I thought about that and the other day, and I was like, why did I choose that? That was really dumb. I was being a homer, hardcore, but... I don't know. We'll I think we were we'll still see. in the uh, honeymoon phase after that good draft, and so we yeah. thought the team was maybe going to surprise it. And I still think they will, but I think a surprising season for this team is like seven and ten again. Yeah, so I agree. And, and if if they get that record, that'd be great. I mean, because they still get a pretty high draft pick, and they sh- are clearly showing some promise. Yeah, because it's probably going to be a little rough out of the gate. Well, and I don't. I just like. I have mixed feelings about the quarterback class next year because um, supposedly one of the better quarterbacks in next year's draft class plays at Kentucky. And mm-hmm. when is Kentucky ever good? Like, I would be I worried know. about that being he's a, a freak, though, dude. He's huge. Yeah. And he's just, he kind of reminds me, a, maybe not Josh Allen because he's not that big, but he plays with a similar, like, ferocity that Josh mm-hmm. Allen does and passion. And uh, I I just love when a quarterback just you can like see how much they want to win in the way that they play. Are you talking about Will uh, Levis, right? I think that, yeah, yeah, think he's so. he's the Kentucky guy. So um, and then I didn't even realize when I heard the other day that Bryce Young doesn't even weigh two hundred pounds. So that kind of he's barely one ninety. That kind of sure. makes me nervous a little bit. Yeah, he's like significantly smaller than me, and I feel like I would get I'm way too small to be a quarterback. In the yeah, NFL. well, I don't know. I'm just like. I it just a little bit worries me about the whole relying on the two quarterbacks and then if we have like let's say worst case scenario we win like three games. I mean, yeah, we're gonna have a high pick, but is Pete gonna keep his job? We don't really know what the deal is. I'm pretty in upper sure management. so Pete signed through twenty twenty five. I don't think he's ever gonna be fired. I think he's just gonna play out either to twenty twenty five or retire when he feels like he's done before then because i i think they're potentially trying to make either clint hurt or sean desai or something one of the defensive guys we signed uh in the off season and the coaching staff i think they're kind of the heir apparent at the, at the head coaching spot um but i i'm really not worried about Pete getting fired after a bad year this following season because at least there's like plausible explanation for it that they're rebuilding um but i don't know man i i think there's a lot of underrated talent on the defensive side of the ball and defense can keep you in a lot of games so um plus i know it's you know rashad penny and he's injury prone but in the last 10 years his season last year had the highest yards per carry of any running back so if they can even come close to replicating the kind of run game they had at the end of the year last year, then it doesn't matter as much who your quarterback is like, yeah, they're not going to take over games and win, but if the defense is keeping the score close and whoever's playing quarterback just has to make a couple plays a game that could get you a handful of wins right there. So I don't know. I, I I'm not going to write anything off until the season starts. And we, see, I mean, we haven't even seen a preseason game or a training camp at this point. So it's impossible to evaluate truly what we're looking at training camp starts the last week of july right yeah i think it starts like right when i leave for france so okay i'm gonna miss it but i think i'll be back in time for the first preseason game or just miss it or something uh i don't know but um yeah end of july and then beginning of august is when the first preseason game is i think it's like san diego or something I don't remember. I, I, well, no, I think it's, Oh, isn't it like it's Dallas? Pittsburgh, Dallas, and maybe Chicago. 
We play Chicago at home. That's our one home preseason game, and that's the one that we're uh, going to. I know we play Pittsburgh because I was that's like, the why the hell one, are we flying to Pittsburgh for a yeah. preseason game? That's the first one. They, I don't know what the deal with the preseason is now. They like changed up the whole format. There's three games instead of four, which I think is fine. I think dropping it to two would have been a little too much because you got to think when you go into the preseason, you have like 90 players on your roster and you got to cut 37 of them and form a practice squad. So how do you evaluate all those guys if you only have two games does what when is the first preseason game do you know um let me just look it up i don't actually know the first what like the hall of fame game or the first season? just the first like week one preseason game because does that mean that the season is going to start later or i mean earlier in august no the season still starts first, first week weekend of september? Of september yeah okay it is august 4th okay Interesting. So they'll probably have like a whole week off before the season starts then. Well, that's the preseason game. Yeah, I know. Like they only have three games, though. But the Hall of Fame game is always like a week or so before the rest of the preseason game. Oh, so the Hall of Fame game is August 4th? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I suppose that makes sense. Because Who's the, playing in that game? Do you know? Does it say? I just left... Um, who cares it's probably like some like stupid team like the fucking like texans and the i don't even care it i'm pretty sure it is something like that i don't remember but it's it's also like every year i'm like oh cool the hall of fame game like football is back and then you watch it and within 10 minutes you're like this is so boring yeah it's it's just bad football (laughs) (laughs) but uh the seahawks first preseason game is august 13th uh like eight days after that so yeah or nine actually but um uh yeah so we're we're still man i guess we're a month out from actual you know pads on pads exhibition football um but i think once training camp comes out you're gonna see uh dk get re-signed mm-hmm. i think th- i within the next three weeks i gotta think that is gonna happen because if it bleeds into camp like at that point it's on john schneider like just give him the fucking money yeah, you know, it's weird. It's, this that, is pretty simple. Yeah, it's weird that training camp has come upon us so soon because it feels like we haven't had any nice weather this summer. So it's yeah, like we have two <laughs> weeks of it, and then it's like fall atmosphere football season time. I know you had to basically wear a sweater for half of the Fourth of July this year in the yeah. Northwest. Lovely times. Um, but yeah, um, really, but most of the news headlines in the Seahawks world for the last like two months it feels like has just been fake rumors about our interest or non-interest or this quarterback or that quarterback but to summarize how all that has been to me when we didn't trade for or draft a quarterback during the draft i was like we're sticking with gino and drew because this would have been the time to make a move because it takes a long time to learn the offense and get um acclimated with like the culture the seahawks for better or worse, do have like a unique culture in that locker room and everything uh, Pete Carroll has instilled into Seattle. And I I really feel like that's something that's going to stick around. Like, you know how they all tap the I'm in thing when they're Mm -hmm. going out to the practice field? Like, I don't see that going anywhere even long after Pete Carroll's gone. It's kind of just like the mantra. So 
But, but anyways, moving on to our boys in blue, the Mariners. Yeah, really, really proud of those guys. It's been really weird seeing like the turnaround because just a month ago, I was willing to basically write off the team. and You were so pissed at them. I remember I asked you, I was like, hey, how are they doing? You're like, I don't even want to fucking talk about it, basically. I didn't really want to go to another game. And I mean, I hate to be the one that gives up on their team, but we haven't seen a winning product. And by that definition, I mean making the playoffs since... I had never seen it. 2001 was the last time it happened, and I was far too young to be invested in a sports team like that. I mean, I was actually super into the Mariners when I was a little, little kid. I would watch because that's the first sport I really, I mean, I guess I played soccer first, but um, when I played T ball, like ages four through seven, I was like, yeah, Mariners. So I remember a lot of the guys on the team in those days, like Edgar Martinez and all that. But, uh, yeah, it's been since we were in first grade that they made the playoffs. It's just really cool to see like uh, the 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 10-game stretch that they went on just recently because, I mean, uh, and side note, they're losing 3 nothing to the Rangers right now. But it's only the top of the second, but uh, not looking good early on. So hopefully Who's they can get tonight? the bats going. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, mm. the 88-mile-an-hour fastball thrower. Oh. <laughs> uh, so hopefully Marco can... Uh, dial it in and get people to get out on the ground ball and not double into the gap like it seemingly has been happening uh, throughout the game. I've been getting updates on my watch and my phone. But like I said, uh, cool little 10-game win streak. It's only the fourth of the team's history going on a 10-game win streak. And the last uh, 10-plus game win streak they went on was in 2002. And it's really bizarre to think that that team didn't make the playoffs because 2002, they still had roughly a lot of the same guys that won them all those games in 2001. And they also went on a 15 game win streak in 2001. So I don't know. I'm not willing to check the box as us as a shoe in for the playoffs, just because we've gone on this win streak, but it is like really promising. I think, uh, the bullpen has, I read a stat, uh, a one five, seven ERA since June 21st, like 60, that's really good. 68 in the third innings. I believe it was, and then uh, since the brawl, they've gone thirteen and two, and during the suspensions of all the players, they went eleven and one. That's crazy. And you know what is? I think not a coincidence. That was our first podcast where we really talked about the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I think we. Yeah, the the one before that, we talked about them losing in Boston yeah. and being like <laughs> pathetic and like. <laughs> I honestly thought once slam. once that started happening, we got swept. I was like. I don't know. I don't think this is our year, but they've played like out of their minds the past. Yeah. I wonder weeks. if that, that brawl kind of just brought the team together a little bit because people can laugh at it, but like morale is a real thing in sports. It's a very real thing. And I mean, man, and you said they've gone 13 and two since then. So, yeah. And you know, what's funny about that is a lot of the Mariners insiders like, uh, the people on Root Sports, Jen Mueller and Angie Menchik, they want to deny the fact that maybe the brawl brought them together. But I mean, you can't look at those numbers 11 and 1 with the suspensions and 13 and 2 since the brawl. And the Angels have completely crumbled. They're like, I think they're like 11 games under 500 now. Bad management. Yeah. And Mike Trout is a little crybaby and <laughs> wanted to start all this beef and then couldn't even 
backup his what do you call him the and... guy with the hat or something like no that, that was anthony rendon he he has a, a injured wrist and oh yeah. and tried to like put his face and or put his hand on jesse winker's face and jesse referred to him as the guy with the cast that's what it was <laughs> okay I, I couldn't remember it's been a little bit uh but yeah it's pretty cool seeing like uh i believe the in the last 21 games they've gone 18 and 3 which is the best stretch in the franchise's history Wow. Yeah. So I did not realize it's been that historic. Yeah. 18 and three. Uh, pretty amazing to see. And then, of course, uh, I don't know if you're too familiar with Julio and uh, the accolades that he's gotten lately. But did he get an all star? Yeah. He's going to be playing wow. in the all star game and potentially, of course, Mike Trout, uh, the injury prone player that he is. Uh, has been having back spasms lately and he's of course a center fielder and so is Julio so Julio might have the chance to start in the all-star game as well Uh as he's the sixth seed in the home run derby and we'll be going up against Kyle Seager's brother Corey in uh, the first round of the derby which I'm pretty excited for I'm actually gonna watch for the first time in I don't know how many years because I've just not really had too much of an interest in the home run derby it's been kind of like just a bunch of National League players that I don't really care about too much. Mm-hmm. But it'll be fun to watch Julio. Yeah, I, dude, I don't think I've watched that thing since I was in elementary school. <laughs> it was kind of fun watching it when we were kids because there was everyone was just on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's, like on era. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, of course, it's pretty ridiculous um, that Ty France didn't make the All-Star team because he... Uh, leads the American League in batting average and on base percentage, which mm. is insane because he was out for two weeks and he still leads all of. I'm wow! Pre- yeah, all of the league in in that stat category, and he still didn't make the team over a guy, uh, Luis Arias, who made the uh, first base selection, and he's not even a first baseman. He's played, I think, like forty games at first base total and he got the reserve nod over tie and then of course uh recently george springer today uh he's a center fielder for the blue jays uh decided to not play in the all-star game so they replaced him with Corey seager and not mm. who's hitting like 240 and ty france is hitting all-star over 300 game. yeah so it's the way that's that, just East Coast bias, dude. Yeah, it's a real thing. And the way that I don't really particularly care for the way that the all star nods are handed out in the MLB. It's more of if you have the name and you've had a track record of being good, then you're just kind of a lock in because it's fan- like the Pro Bowl. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's it's also fan voting. So if you. Oh, that's yeah. why. Is it prob- like an AP all pro equivalent? <sighs> I'm not sh- I don't think so. Huh. Like, yeah, like first team all pro, second team all pro. Yeah. I don't believe so, but uh, there's like gold gloves and stuff like that, like awards like that right. at the end of the year. But like back in 2015, after the Royals, it was either 2015, 2016, the Royals had a really good team. And uh, I forgot like about that. Six or seven of their players made the, like, were first in all star voting, uh, like around that time. And like several. Several of those guys were not having good seasons, but everyone was just voting. <laughs> they them were in, just on the Royals, spamming so. them a shitload of times because fans were just voting for them 15 times a day. And that's kind of what you see with teams like the Toronto Blue Jays. 
fucking people from Victoria, Canada who are closer to Seattle root for a team all the way on the East Coast. It's like, you guys have never even been to Toronto. It's Why so far away fans? from Victoria. Yeah. And it's like you have... That's like a six-hour flight, basically. Yeah. So you have that entire border from East to West voting for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's a first baseman, who is an all-star. He's He's like one of the best players in the game. Um, but him beating out Ty France statistically makes no sense because he, the only stat he was better than in them, him in was home runs. Mm. Well, and just, I don't know. I just can't get over. I, I loved the fact that so many Canadians came down to Seattle to try and like crash our stadium and like overload our seats with Blue Jays fans and then we just swept them in four <laughs> games. Which we had never done that in franchise history. We had never swept them in four oh, games. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. So we're like setting a lot of records. I feel this like there's season. a lot of Canadian Seahawks fans though. Really? Well I think maybe part of that is because Warren Moon played in the CFL for a long time. Mm. And he's been a big Seahawks. I know he's no longer a Seahawks guy, I don't think. Like in the radio. Yeah, he hasn't been for a while, I don't think so. Yeah, didn't he run it? I don't remember the controversy. But I can't remember either. I think he might have gotten in trouble for something, but I'm I think not it was certain. something not good too. But I have fond memories of listening to him commentate with Steve Rabel. So yeah, he was commentating the year we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so. remember he was like, "Game over, baby." <laughs> Jermaine Curse caught that touchdown. Uh, Jermaine Curse, what a what a guy. The gift and the curse. <laughs> Yeah, um, but... So what what are we looking at? I mean, I saw we have about, like, four other teams that have an identical record to us. There's one team, one game ahead, and then there's another team that's, like, a game or two out of the wild card spot right now? Yeah, so right now it's... Uh, I'll just go down the line. The division leaders are the Yankees. They're, like, 61 and 23 or something like that. Jeez. They're, yeah, they're, they're doing really good. good. They're season. on pace to have as good of a season as the 2001 Mariners. Wow. Um, And so we've got them in the East. Uh, Then the Astros, they're, like, 59 and 20-something. Uh, actually, let me just... I'll give you the exact stats because I don't want to just Why say. Why not? Yeah, that's a, those are a lot of win-loss records to just pull out of the, your ass. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's not like football where there's only 17 games to keep track of. Yeah, so we got the Yankees at 62 and 26. The Houston Astros are winning, leading the West at 57 and 30. And then the Twins are leading the Central Division at 49 and 41. And the way that the MLB playoffs works now at the, uh, this year was a new change was you have two division winners getting a bye week. You have the third division winner playing the worst wild card team. Mm. And then the other two best wild card teams play each other. So basically it's one and two seeds by three seed plays a six seed four seed plays the five seed. Nice. And the first round is a three game series, uh, which is different in years past last year, for example, and the wild card game was just one game. That's dumb. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that's a really good change for the sport. Because I think. baseball, you can't you can't determine a better team in one game. I don't think I've never been a believer in that. And football I, I, is different. NCAA little different. Okay, or for basketball, different because of the madness tournament and you're one and done. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't think baseball should be similar to the NBA. I don't think it should. I think it should be yeah. a series uh, to determine who the better team is. Personally. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just to play that thought out a little bit, I think if there was like series 
playoffs in the NFL, like everyone would just be injured by like the third game, basically. Yeah, but, you couldn't do that. Yeah, it would just last just way too work. long. But I do think like in the hypothetical scenario where injuries were off and we're playing Madden, like, you know, you'd have teams like the 2019 Ravens for sure winning the Super Bowl because they kind of just blew it in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of years where the best team in the NFL that year doesn't necessarily win the Super Bowl. A lot of Peyton Manning teams kind of blew it in the playoffs mm-hmm. back in the 2000s. Yeah, no, totally. Anyway, uh, going back to yeah, sorry. the... No we, <laughs> no, we got sidetracked a little bit. But yeah, we have the Twins at 49 and 41. And then the f- technically right now, we have a three-way tie for, I guess it would be the sixth seed. Because we, ha- we have uh, the Tampa Bay Rays at 48 and 40. They would be the first place wildcard team. And then Red- the, Red- the Boston Red Sox, Seattle Mariners, and the Toronto Blue Jays are all 47 and 42. And side note, the Blue Jays just fired their manager uh, yesterday. Oh. Which, kind of surprising, but at the same time, the Toronto Blue Jays are probably one of the most talented teams on paper in the league. And they have been on par with us and wow. not to mention got swept by us and made tons of errors in that game, in that series. Uh, multiple games they could have won, but they just let it slip and didn't seem like they were all there wanting to get the job done. And I could see that being a reason to fire it's a, your manager. It's a sign of bad management for sure, bad coaching, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and then of course you have it. The AL East is crazy because the, all the teams in the AL East have a winning record, which yeah. is like super rare. Five teams with winning records, and the Baltimore Orioles just won ten games in a row. I know it's crazy. The Oriole, <laughs> Orioles are even doing good. Yeah, and no one expected that. They were like one of the worst teams in the league last year. And I feel like they're always pretty bad. They're like us, but in the <laughs> East. <laughs> yeah. And we always beat them whenever I watch us play them. Yeah. They, they have a lot of young players, like a couple, I think they have a, like one or two guys from the Oregon state team that won the college world series a couple years ago. Oh, I don't nice. know, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, going to be an exciting final couple months stretch. And, yeah, the trade deadline for the MLB uh, is normally July 31st, but I guess it's stretching to August 2nd now. I think that might have something to do with the season starting late and the lockout and the offseason and whatnot. But uh, it would be interesting because the Mariners really need a starting pitcher. They have their fifth starter, um, George Kirby, who is a call up guy from Tacoma. He's really good, but when it comes down to playoff games, I I I would trust. I would be. I would feel better going out and getting a veteran guy. And you have, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name Madison Bumgarner. I am. I don't remember the significance of it, but I have heard that name before. He won three World Series with the San Francisco Giants uh, Mm -hmm. in the 2010s, and he was starting pitcher, and now he plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they're an irrelevant team. They're not going to be, they're not playing competitively this year. I think they're like, fourth or fifth in their division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a division with the Dodgers and the Padres who are both really good. And then you have the giants as well, who always are pretty decent, but um, it would be really cool to go out and trade for a guy like that because won the world series MVP in 2014 and he won world series in 2010 and 2012 as well with 
the Giants. So it'd be really nice to have a veteran presence yeah. in that playoff stretch. Something we need because Has we that were been rumored that. or did you just kind um, of... N- it was rumored. I read that, uh, you know, Ryan Roland Smith. Yeah. he uh, He's actually a Mariners insider and... I love listening to Ryan Roland Smith because of his Australian accent. But um, I remember he, back when he was in the commercials when he was still playing, and he wore goggles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but um, he actually was the one who uh, brought that uh, idea to light. Uh, I think today or yesterday when he was on ESPN Radio. But I was like, oh, I didn't even think about him because I've been doing my research, trying to think of starting pitchers that they could go out and get. And I just really haven't seen any names that intrigue me uh, too much. Uh, There's a a guy on the Reds, Luis Castillo, who they were thinking about going after and getting, but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not too much of a believer in going out and getting National League guys. I just, it's different when you go from one league to another. I don't know how to describe it other than you face a bunch of guys that you're not accustomed to facing. And it can be a big change culturally. Like Jesse Winker came to our team from the uh, Cincinnati Reds and he really struggled up until about the brawl. And now he's like going off and playing huh. like the player he, we expected him. To That's play interesting. As. I, I, so I, you know, I'm obviously not as familiar with the MLB, but it's interesting how the AL and NL truly kind of still are two different leagues that just both play in the MLB. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that I really like that they've changed um, is the universal DH. They implemented that at the start of the season. And I think that might be able to change that dynamic to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like pitching, when you go from one league to another league, it can it can be like a big change for like a lot of, like uh, Albert Pujols played for the Cardinals and he was dominant uh, and then he went to the Angels and kind of didn't really do that anything spectacular when he played yeah. for them for X amount of years but yeah I think it's just a matter of facing guys day in and day out that you're not used to seeing you've never seen before you don't have like a scouting report on them it's kind of similar to watching film for football you watch film on pitchers and how they uh, the um, probabilities and which pitches they like to throw and, mm-hmm. you know, what have you. So um, oh, we got another update. Is this a Mariners score? Damn it. 4 nothing in the second. Great. Oof. Yeah. They'll come back. Yeah. I mean, hey, hey, if they lose today, they won 10 in a row. That's... Um, that's yeah, more than I could have asked for. Or expected. And four in the last like month, so yeah. So I mean, and they're right around. I believe they're either one game under or exactly have the exact same record this many games into the season as they did last year, and we won oh, ninety wow. games. And there's an extra it, spot. For it them. looks like ninety games might get the job done this year. The way the the season's turning out. I mean, you never know. We're, you know, we're in July, but well, and you got to think too, that, uh, with all the other contending wildcard spots being all American league East teams, they're all going to play each other and all give each other wins. And yeah. Losses. Well, that's why it's kind of crazy. Impressive. that uh, Yankees have such a good record because every team in their division is good. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I know. I didn't really realize how good the Yankees season was going until I looked at their record the other day. Cause I mean, they're a good team, but I don't know. I'm, I was just kind of surprised cause it's not like they have, an- I think the, 
I think the Mariners have arguably a really good good roster on paper when you got guys like Mitch Haniger and Kyle or Kyle Lewis coming back. Kyle Lewis won the Rookie of the Year two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then Mitch Haniger, of course, is Mitch. Han- He's like our best veteran player on our team. Hopefully, he'll be back shortly after the All Star break. But uh, yeah, um, it's going to be exciting. I hope that we can continue to have podcasts talking about this team and not avoid it because they're disappointing <laughs> like they were the first half of the year like I didn't even want to talk about them earlier in the year because they were so frustrating and I yeah we had high expectations for them but you know um it I could th- be a really cool late summer this year with you know Seahawks preseason ramping up and training camp and all that news and there's gonna be a ton of talk about the NFL world and we're going to be in the hunt for a wild card spot for at least a handful of weeks more unless we fall apart. So, And I, I don't foresee that happening. I could see. I definitely think we're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. Um, we have a lot of prospects to a lot of trading chips to possibly deal. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. But you never know. I don't want to get my hopes up. Exhibit A. True. They're losing four nothing to the Rangers, who suck. <laughs> um, but again, that game's not over. It's only the second inning, so we'll yeah. see. But yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully, they can figure it out. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my take on the Mariners this season. Is super disappointing uh, for the month of April and May. June, they started to figure it out, and then towards the end of June, they just went on this crazy tear and basically haven't lost too many games in july so 18 and 3 since what was it june 21st or something i don't i can't remember the exact day when they it was late 21 21 days ago or 21 games ago so very impressive especially considering it's the mariners we're talking about here yeah they have no reason to think that they can play like this and go on any sort of run because they haven't done that in tw- 20 years. Two yeah, decades. most of the players on the team itself were in elementary school the last time that happened or younger or not even around in some cases. Yeah, uh, I heard the other day Albert Pujols, the day he made his debut, Julio Rodriguez was like three months old or something <laughs> like that. That's And wild. now they're playing in this home run derby together. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so it's I, I I'm really excited about the Mariners' future and Julio. We need to sign him to a giant Alex Rodriguez type of contract. They give him all sooner the rather than later. Well, I think I'm I can't remember how exactly MLB contracts work, but I'm pretty sure you have to be in the league a few years before you're eligible for like the potential of free agency to go to other teams. Mm. Um, so we should have him uh, sticking around for a few seasons at least, but I'll have nice. to, I'll have to look into that, but yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have for, for this episode. Uh, you got anything more on football talk or baseball talk? Um, now that pretty much encapsulates it. Um, hopefully the next podcast, we have something in the football world to talk about but for now i mean it's it's mariner central yeah i know it's weird saying that i know it's always <laughs> Can you imagine if they sucked right now how bored we would be yeah we would we probably wouldn't even do it in this episode yeah we would just be like <laughs> all right we're taking the summer off <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, no, uh, hopefully we can uh, have some good things to say in the next up, uh, coming weeks. And I mean, I'm really excited to see what they do at the trade deadline. Uh, I wouldn't be too mad even if they didn't do much because they got a good core. They got a good core. Um, injuries have kind of plagued the team in the first half, but really, if you think about it, those two two of our main guys in Kyle Lewis and Mitch Haniger are finally coming back at the same time, basically, and uh, everyone is kind of clicking on all cylinders and doing their job and pulling their own weight so that's something that hasn't happened all year and hopefully it continue and hope it can continue and hopefully the starting pitching can stay healthy like they have all year because that's something that we've been really lucky about is no one has gotten hurt mm-hmm. as far as the starters go so i don't know we'll see we'll see how it pans out fingers crossed yes so as always we've been the jr take sports cast i'm jonah hoffman and i'm ryan rogers thanks for listening guys we'll catch you on the next one